Welcome to Games Hub, a crypto talk show with investors, influencers, and remarkable personalities. Welcome to Games Hub, a crypto talk show with our investors, partners, and remarkable personalities. I'm Constantine Kogan, co-founder of Gamespad. We're excited to welcome a very special guest today, Ashton Addison, CEO and host of Broadcaster of Reuters Insider, producer at CryptoCoin Show and Blockchain Interviews. Today, we'll talk about steps towards crypto adoption by traditional companies. Uh, and it's really a pleasure to have you here, Ashton. Hi. Likewise, Constantine. Thank you so much for the time. And I'm very excited to be here. The excitement is mutual. Thanks for joining us. And Maybe to begin with, tell us a little bit about your background. What excited you about, you know, crypto, Web3? How did you got into this industry? Definitely. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, I first got involved in cryptocurrencies and blockchain in a way that uh, not a lot of people get into it. It was actually my father. He is a, a dot-com entrepreneur and um, he has always been in tech, you know, since the 90s. And he, he's been following along. And when he saw Bitcoin in 2012, 2013, he, he had an instant conviction that he knew this was the future of uh, not just money, but finance and, and all of the industries that we're now seeing expand into. Um, so I actually got involved with him uh, around 2013, uh, started following Bitcoin um, and some of the other coins that were uh, existing, which don't even exist anymore. It was before Ethereum. Um, and we decided uh, because we were in media, we would start a, a digital magazine uh, that could help showcase startups and Web3 projects that are trying to use this technology in real world use cases. Uh, so we actually started Crypto Biz Magazine in 2014. And then uh, I got so into the YouTube side of it that we rebranded it to Crypto Coin Show um, as an interview uh, and news media outlet uh, that now has over 1200 episodes with uh, founders from all different industries inside of blockchain um, and over a hundred future unicorns, you know that that we interviewed in their seed stages, um, and we've. I'm still just as interested in in Bitcoin and Ethereum as I was uh, back in in 2013, and and when Ethereum came out, I was following it at 30 cents, 60 cents, all the way up to five thousand dollars and back, and I expect it to go uh, above five thousand dollars eventually in the next run, and we will still be here reporting on all of the great companies that are using this technology to bring it into the world. First of all, it's impressive. Like Cole had an interviews, like uh I I applaud you for that. Like I know how it's how not easy that is, like you know, to, to interview people to make sure it's relevant, you know, uh information for your audience, for the for mm -hmm. the speakers. So yeah, that's that's very important. I think what you're doing in terms of education is really, really important. And uh mm -hmm. um and you know, since we're talking today about more of adoption traditional businesses, I'm sure you talk to a lot of portfolio companies that you know that are focusing on you know integrating with them or partner in some point of time and we see like mm -hmm. Gucci, Visa, MasterCard, all the big like uh, guys are now joining the game but how mm -hmm. do you envision the future of crypto adoption by traditional businesses in the next few years? Mm -hmm. Yeah it's a great question and you're right we're seeing you know little tidbits here and there of uh, these, especially the payment processing companies and that are doing fiat payments, you know, controlling the movement of money around the world. And with the rise in people using Bitcoin and other cryptos to move money around the world, how can they capture some of that audience that they're losing? Um, and what I'm most interested about uh, in the near term future um, 
not necessarily, you know, I don't think Visa and MasterCard are going to come out with something tomorrow that um, is as good as what PayPal is working on and what Twitter is working on. Um, you know, I think since Elon Musk acquired Twitter um, and all the way back to when he started X.com and PayPal back in 99, he's been focused on a payments play, you know, and having a social network that millions of people are using is great, but having them using a payments network inside of that, I think is going to be the game changer. Um, so I'm really looking at, you know, how will cryptocurrency start getting into the hands of people that they're, when they're using uh, these online platforms, you know, whether they're talking on their, um, they're connecting with family over their social texting platform, that's the perfect location to be able to send funds, uh, whether it's fiat or crypto uh, to them. And I think that's where we're going to see a major adoption of cryptocurrencies. Um, you know, and, and the traditional payment processors are going to need to adopt or die. So I, I could definitely see uh, probably, you know, Coinbase, uh, integrations on, on Visa and MasterCard payments with your credit card. Probably, you know, when you tap your Visa on the, on the POS terminal, it'll say, you know, do you want to spend your, your Bitcoin balance or do you want to spend your, your bank account balance? Um, I could see it coming to that, but I'm also envisioning, you know, not just inside of Twitter, uh, messaging, which I think is coming in the near term future here, um, being able to send, uh, Satoshis or Dogecoin. Uh, we'll see what happens with, with Dogecoin and Twitter. Um, but through WhatsApp and Instagram and all of these social messaging platforms where everyone is connected, you'll be able to send uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies to your friends and family at low, low cost. And I'm really excited for the day when that comes. Mm. It is It is really exciting. And, uh, and I, there are a lot of challenges united to that. So we were talking about like, you know, so like um, browsers and like, you know, big, big companies, regulators, I'm sure you understand that right now, very uh, careful. And they're like now um, even looking at more scrutiny, like in, in terms of like payment processors and money managers as well. So let's talk about like, you know, the browsers component of these mm -hmm. things, right? So for example, mm -hmm. you know, obviously Google is still dominating the space, but we see that, you know, um, you know, that earlier you had an interview with the crypto ecosystems, you know, lead of Opera browser, right? So, and mm -hmm. basically, um, you know, you, 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 you've, you've seen some interesting news from them that they're also trying to integrate crypto payments. You know, Brave is already native. We mm -hmm. actually invested in like an our another browser like Carbon that is another mm -hmm. going to become a native uh, to to browsers with crypto. Now, what do you hear from Opera guys? Yeah, um, great question. And, you know, I think browsers and search engines, which is sort of tied into the browsers as well, is a huge topic uh, because really that's your gateway, you know, to to into into the Internet um, and having those native crypto integrations, I think, are going to be important, um, but also just the ethos of cryptocurrency and the privacy aspect of it and owning your own information. Um, you know, that's really the ethos of blockchain is you're owning your own funds, but also you want to own your own personal information and make sure that it's private. And if you're going to give it out to somebody, whether it's an advertiser or something, then you should be able to monetize from that rather than them monetizing from you and becoming the product. And, you know, I did speak with uh, the Opera crypto browser. I actually used Opera browser 20 years ago, uh, back when, you know, they, they've been around forever, but no, not a lot of people have heard of them. But it's great that I think that they've now integrated a, a, a whole new browser just for crypto um, and the Brave browser as well, sort of seeing these integrated wallets into the browser. Personally, I don't use the 
the I like to keep my wallet separate from the browser. And there's all these integrations with MetaMask and the other traditional wallets that you can still use inside the browser. Uh, but it's great to see that they're uh, advocating for not just you know being able to hold your digital assets and keeping your private keys secure inside of the browser, uh, but that ethos of privacy protection and owning your own funds and information on the browsers. And you know although Google Chrome has that number one spot still, uh, I, I do not like using it and I don't recommend people to use it. Although you know Brave and some of these other browsers are using the Chromium sort of operating system, they're, they're based off Chrome. Uh, at least they they have that ethos where they're like, you know, we we have your your privacy in mind. Um, and I, I personally do prefer Brave and Crypto Browser uh, for Opera. I use both of them uh, concurrently. Um, but I think that there's going to be a major turning point as we see uh, more uh, control and regulation over finances. People are also going to realize about their personal information as well. And, you know, I go back to um, some of the books I've been reading about, you know, the the death of Google, you know, life after Google. If you've read that book, um, it, it specifically mentions Brave Browser. It was before uh, the Opera crypto browser came out, but they're saying, you know, they're, they're just going to shoot themselves in the foot. Um, eventually, the the world is going to realize that, you know, they don't want to be the product. They want to own their own information and be able to capitalize on that themselves. And unless uh, Chrome, you know, takes a step towards that, uh, I think people are naturally going to move to these crypto-based browsers. And we're already seeing millions of people using them. Um, and I advocate for people to be using that all the time because that is the gateway to the internet. Perfect. So I can, if I can ask you, like, what is your favorite example of like, you know, any traditional company that has started to adopt crypto that you personally use and you're excited about? Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's a, it's a good question. I feel like I, I'm really looking forward to uh, the integration of blockchain technology into uh, a lot of these industry use cases that you wouldn't traditionally think uh, would be uh, using blockchain. And most of the time, uh, you actually don't even know that they're using blockchain. And that's when we will get to real world adoption when people are just using the application and they don't really know that uh, it's using blockchain on the back end and therefore they don't have to learn what is blockchain 101 all of these different things you know um but right now we're still early days you know the the evolution of of bitcoin it just had its 14th birthday on, on january 3rd and uh smart contracting platforms like ethereum are even younger you know we're in like five six seven years uh whereas you know, the internet's had 30 years to evolve. And even then it's still early days. We're still evolving. So currently right now, I'm, I'm mainly just seeing the payments platforms. Um, I, I think one thing that I really like is the globalization of uh, payments with these crypto debit cards and credit cards, as long as they're built in the right way. You know, a lot of these cards, they try to get you to use their coin or lock you into their ecosystem um, to, to push up their token as well. And really what we're looking for is just ease of payments. You know, say I'm in Canada and I make a payment and then I go to Mexico and then I go to Africa. I can use that same card globally anywhere. Um, and another company that is working on that with their own POS system as well that I've been an advisor for is Pundi X. Uh, and, and they have an X POS system uh, with physical cards as well where you can cash in and out of your Bitcoin and, you know, pay for your coffee with a Bitcoin yeah. and settle instantly and things like that. So I think really the yeah, major plays right now are still in payments. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I, I'll, I'll briefly share my, my, my fun part. 
hard, like, you know, my uh, Starbucks integration. So what I do lately, mm -hmm. I go to Starbucks and I actually ask the employees, do they know about Polygon NFT integrations? And I did it already seven times. Not a single person gives a clue, like, you know, like what, what's uh -huh. happening and how, when it's going to be up and how it's going to work, which is to your point, right? You know, they don't have to know, right? It's going to work somehow mm -hmm. magically on the back end. As long as it brings value and people will utilize it, like that's enough. Now, mm -hmm. switching to years to other topic, right? You know, so I know you've been also like, you know, a big Dex proponent and you've been interviewing mm -hmm. a lot of people who are like, like whole, like very decentralized, like oriented, like, mm -hmm. you know, I would say yeah. to to a degree of being very radical about it, which is you know totally <laughs> fine. That's their opinion. Now, also you had a pleasure uh, to interview John McAfee when he was still alive, when mm -hmm. he was building his McAfee decks, right? You know, so mm -hmm. um, what is your stance on what is the future of you know like of decentralized exchanges, right? Because mm -hmm. CZ literally, if you saw this tweet that he mentioned that he predicts that in five ten years there's going to be a huge decentralized exchange bigger than Binance. Do you mm -hmm. think it's realistic? Yeah, I agree with that. And um, yeah, with John McAfee, his vision of, uh, you know, it, it goes along with the same ethos of, of the privacy protecting in the browser. You know, when you're trading your coins, you're going to want to hold the, those assets yourself and have custody of them the whole time, even while you're trading an asset, uh, whether from Bitcoin to Dogecoin or something that's on a different blockchain that currently with the centralized infrastructure, you have to give away your Bitcoin to them to say, hey, can you trade this for me and, and hopefully give me the keys back after, right? And there's a lot of risk in having your keys uh, and your coins on centralized exchanges. And I think uh, the FTX debacle as well is uh, is a major turning point with that, where you know people need to uh, ensure that they don't have too much money uh, on centralized exchanges because they're giving access to the passwords and the private keys of all their funds to these centralized exchanges. And you know, we've been seeing it since the days of Mt. Gox, you know, and and every year or two, there's a huge uh, mishap with centralized exchanges. And I don't know if eventually people are going to learn that, you know, and the industry is going to learn that, Hey, this is a bad idea, uh, to, to have centralized exchanges. And, but also we're just trying to catch up with the infrastructure of that cross chain interoperability, right? And the reason that centralized exchanges started and the DEX movement is still early on is because we don't have the technology, uh, to have Bitcoin and move it to Dogecoin or Solana without giving your keys up to somebody who's able to make that trade and, and build the markets for us. But that cross-chain interoperability, that, that narrative has been in the last two years, we're really seeing that. Um, and I think decentralized exchanges uh, are great. As, you know, Uniswap was a huge move forward with that, uh, but it was just on Ethereum. And you, you know, Ethereum itself even has to be wrapped into uh, a WEther that could have, that was a part of the ERC-20 token standard. And you're easily able to trade Ethereum tokens back and forth. But once you want to use a DEX into different blockchains, then it's another story. Uh, but we are seeing that. Um, I, and I think that's going to continue, uh, that DEXs will just become the normal. Um, and part of it is having that uh, the usability of the decentralized exchange. And, you know, just as we said, uh, like, like Starbucks and these other uh, industry use case applications, you really have to build it in a way for the end users so that they don't have to learn blockchain 101. Obviously they need to have some uh, 
conscious idea of, you know, protecting their funds and making sure that, you know, they're not making a wrong move and, and losing a lot of money. Um, but not in having to understand how the whole infrastructure works, um, it can get confusing, you know, already with decentralized exchanges, how they build the, uh, the, the market making and building the order books through liquidity provision and, and staking, double-sided staking, things like that, that can get confusing for people that aren't in finance. And it's easy to lose money on impermanent loss, not understanding exactly how it works Right. And that's already the first sort of roadblock and why people just trade on centralized exchange because there's extra risks that they don't understand. Um, but I think that 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 movement is going to continue towards decentralized exchanges, but also on the centralized exchanges, there will be security improvements as well. I actually just spoke to uh, Odyssey Network who are working on something called dynamic wallets um, and access controls for wallets. Um, so what how that will work will be on on centralized exchanges you'll actually be able to have wallets that have more provisions where you can authorize centralized exchanges to trade your coins but not actually be able to withdraw them remove them in an unauthorized way um so you essentially will be able to have a centralized exchange where you continue the the custody of your funds and allow them only small access to the centralized exchange to actually use them. So I think that these safety provisions and probably regulation as well will improve trading on centralized exchanges, but I still see a major turning point towards decentralized exchanges, especially after the FTX debacle uh, in, in probably throughout this year and in the next couple of years. Perfect. So we're now switching uh, to our uh, audience, right? You know, to the guests, people who are asking through all different platforms and YouTube Live, Twitter Live, uh, and other uh, channels. So I'll go right into it. So Captain Hoddle from YouTube is asking, what inspired you to launch the CryptoCoin show and blockchain interviews? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoy uh, educating people. You know, and I personally, I was involved in finance. Uh, you know, I studied finance in, in, in university and I've been involved in technology since, you know, my father gave me a computer when I was like two years old. Um, and I thought this is the perfect way to educate people on the future of finance and technology. And also just seeing where the world is going, where, you know, there's so many people struggling and, and they're living paycheck to paycheck, trying to find other ways to manage their finance and the traditional uh, educational system just doesn't teach people very well about personal finance and somebody needs to do it, you know, so that people can not have to worry about finances and actually just live a, a good life uh, where they can, you know, hopefully have some free time and not be enslaved labor for 40 years. Um, so, you know, if, if I can find a way to help the world with that, um, I think that having a YouTube channel that educates people on all of these innovative technologies uh, is a great way to do it. And also I'm just super excited personally about, all the newest companies and the innovations that they're making to make the world a better place. So, you know, it's my pleasure to have these founders on the show um, to be able to explain how they're helping the world and for me to help them get that word out there. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That is inspiring. Um, so Farah uh, from YouTube is asking, what are some innovative approaches or solutions you've seen crypto native companies take to promote the adoption of cryptocurrency? Mm hmm. Um, well, it's an interesting question. You know, it, it, it obviously depends a lot on the industry that, that, that company is in. Um, I think that there, there's a lot of people that are trying to approach, you know, adopt my cryptocurrency for this platform. Uh, but you have to think, you know, why, and are all of these 
2000 or 20,000 or however, however many tokens there are now, are they all necessary? You know, and even some of the larger ones, you know, let, let's take Binance for an example, you know, they've built a, a great ecosystem around the BNB token, uh, including building the, the BSC chain, um, you know, and it started out with just, you know, you're going to save trading fees and, and you'll be able to stake it and stuff like that. Uh, but building a whole ecosystem around it where it almost becomes a necessity uh, because there's other tokens that that want to use that ecosystem. They need Binance, you know, as sort of the governance of it. Um, I think at that point, it could become a necessity, but it's definitely um, a question that a lot of investors ask projects that are starting up, uh, that are utilizing blockchain technology. Can this platform use blockchain technology without actually using its own cryptocurrency? Can you just use Bitcoin or Ethereum? And I think, uh, you know, the answer to that question from the founders is um, it's a green flag or a red flag on whether, you know, they actually understand uh, how this technology is going to be used in the real world. And is it necessary to have a token with your project? Mm -hmm. Now, Elaine from YouTube is asking, do you have any advice for those looking to encourage their company to embrace crypto adoption? I think he's mm -hmm. asking about tradition. Yeah. Um, you know, there's multiple ways to embrace crypto adoption uh, in uh, with, with companies, you know, whether it's actually embracing the payment of the cryptocurrencies, or it's finding innovative ways uh, to actually integrate uh, distributed ledgers or, or blockchain into uh, into their industry. And I think going back again to the ethos of owning your own data, uh, owning your own privacy, and owning your own funds, um, I think all industries and all companies could be innovated upon uh, any ones that you know store data or have transactions. And if you can use this technology to bring more value to the customers, um, then there's definitely a reason to do so, right? And it, it, there's, it, it can get intricate, but when you lay it out in a way for the end users that you know, they're benefiting because it's bringing more value to them and, and allowing them to preserve their personal information or data or, or funds, um, then there's definitely value there. You know, and a lot of companies that are, you know, brick and mortar companies been around for a while. They just hear about the price of Bitcoin going up and down and it's volatile. So, you know, my entrance to crypto adoption would be starting to accept Bitcoin as a payment. And that's the only thing I can do. You know, there's much more than that. Uh, but um, I think owning a little bit of Bitcoin personally and understanding how the network works and then understanding about you know the decentralization and the immutability of the 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 coin, and then understanding the traditional financial system as well, and the difference between fiat currency and and, and Bitcoin, and the inflation that they're probably going to uh, um, have with with fiat currencies over the next you know five ten years as well. Um, those are all also great reasons to start crypto adoption. Um, but there's many reasons once you dig down deeper for the actual technology, implementing it. How can it bring value to your customers? So I think the logical continuation of this question, we have another one. So No Effort Games from Twitter is asking, what do you think are the benefits that companies can reap by adopting cryptocurrency? Maybe let's talk about like two or three practical examples that you personally think that can benefit a company to adopt crypto in whatever shape mm -hmm. or form you. So. Yeah, well, I think one 
huge advantage for international companies. Obviously, um, the, you know the the jurisdiction of payments. You know, if you're just if you're a U.S. company and you can only deal with U.S. dollars inside of the U.S. and everyone has to have a U.S. bank account, you're really limiting your customer base to just the people inside of the U.S. You know, if you want to take international payments uh, and and you also um, you know want to do it quickly and cheaply, uh, then accepting cryptocurrencies. Uh, what even just in stablecoin format can allow you to take customers from you know Europe, Africa, Asia uh, instantaneously, and there's no limits to the jurisdiction. On top of that, uh, you're removing the the financial processing payment fees of Visa and Mastercard. You know that two to three percent. If you're making millions of dollars. Uh, billions of dollars in revenue, two to 3% is millions of dollars. So you could potentially be saving uh, a lot of money by accepting cryptocurrencies and opening up your user base. Um, and those are just the sort of easy integrations, you know, and then as I mentioned in the previous answer about actually uh, changing the technology to bring more value to the customers for their personal data and their funds um, and access, I think are all advantages that every company could use to expand internationally quicker. Perfect. And so Ulusan from YouTube is asking, what do you believe will be the most exciting developments in cryptocurrency that uh, should look out for the near future? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know, there's so many cool different projects um, that, that are coming out. I'm excited to sort of see, you know, which industries will uh, Web3, where Web3 will break through into these new industries that were previously untouched. Uh, by blockchain technology. And you wouldn't think like, oh, like they're really innovating in an industry that wasn't really had anything to do with technology, but through blockchain, they're solving a lot of problems, you know? And we saw that with NFTs in the art world and fine art and obviously being able to digitize them and all of a sudden tokenize, you know, the Mona Lisa into uh, a million different pieces and, and everybody can invest into it or uh, you can easily transfer digital art to somebody on the other side of the world interesting innovations like that. Um, what I'm personally most excited about is still in the finance, in the financial sector, which I think is, you know, the heart of uh, a blockchain technology and where we will see um, the most innovation. Uh, although there are a lot of barriers to entry and, you know, the traditional financial system, especially in America, you know, has a hundred years of history of, you know, they don't want to change how, how it, it has been in the past because that's how they're making money and that's how they're bringing control over the world. Uh, but the tokenization of assets that are in the stock market and the commodities market, uh, I, I think will bring huge advantages when people realize that, you know, there's no longer uh, long settlement times for, for commodities or for stocks. You know, they're, they're, we're seeing security tokens come out where, you know, the tokenization of uh ownership of equity of companies all of a sudden can be on the blockchain and you know you can sell it instantaneously to somebody else without having to phone your broker or without realizing that you know it's saturday so i can't sell uh these stocks because the stock market's not open you know that's ridiculous it's like banks not being open on you know after four o'clock and all of a sudden oh you can't feed your family tonight because the bank's closed it's like no bitcoin and and blockchain is open 24 7 um and the way that you know having other people manage your money, but only on their time schedule is stupid. Um, so I think, you know, just innovating the financial industry is the most important thing. Yeah, not only stupid, it's also not transparent. You know, I was, I was rewatching uh, 
uh, well, not rewatching, but actually watching for the first time, but rewatching from a different perspective, documentary about Bernie Madoff, right? You know, how he mm, yeah. forged his statements because he was printing them on an old school level. So that basically nobody, nobody saw like how he got those transactions. Where did he buy? He mm-hmm. tried to interview all his counterparts and like they understood like there's like, there's no way he can possibly process billions of dollars of trades in particular positions and nobody mm-hmm. knows about it now. Mm-hmm. blockchain is public right you can actually audit it in a, in a blink of a second you don't need to even mm-hmm. ask questions if you know the initial address right you know so yeah so there it's it's a beautiful combination of privacy yet ability to be accountable for your actions right so i do mm-hmm. agree with you. this is one of the top things uh probably one of the last questions i'll ask you like also for today so ahmed Elmaz is asking from linkedin very similar question but i'll try to spin it a little bit differently he's asking are there any projects or initiatives by traditional companies that excite you the most at the moment maybe talk about something really one example that is very mm-hmm. practical that you think mm-hmm. that will actually help like a, an example of traditional company embracing the technology not necessarily just the speculative aspect of it that is changing it for the good Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, there's there's so many different ways that you could use the technology, whether it's uh, with NFTs or with DeFi or with protocols themselves. Um, I think, you know, uh, a good example of being able to innovate and save millions of dollars is you know, with the banks, uh, for example, using Ripple's technology and Ledger, as opposed to using the old Swift system, you know, they're able to send billions of dollars for like a few cents. Um, and, you know, they have a lot of banks in a conglomeration that are like actually understanding that they don't even have to use uh, the XRP token to save money. They can use the Ripple Ledger with fiat currency and still save 40% of the cost that they were using on the, on the old system. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, that's millions and millions of dollars when, when you own a bank. Um, and then further, um, using XRP or even better, as they innovate, creating their own private currencies to be able to transact internationally uh, will save companies millions of dollars. And hopefully that will translate to, you know, in the traditional world, not charging all these crazy fees uh, for, for banking and financial services and making it easier and, and more flowy. Um, on the NFT side and digital media, I think, you know, there's this huge war between traditional media and, and television and then YouTubers and, and, and social media. And we're seeing, you know, some of these top YouTubers like Mr. Beast and, and Joe Rogan, um, they have more influence than like entire news networks altogether. You know, just one person can say one thing. They can say, I don't trust this news company. And all of a sudden they're done. Right. Um, and the traditional media is looking for ways to innovate um, and, and have more of a say from the users. And, you know, I, I recently spoke with a company uh, blockchain creative labs, which is actually was created by Fox TV. And, and, and what Fox is working on is they're working on uh, a new television series, sort of like a Futurama kind of cartoon called Crapopolis, where in all of the characters, I know it's a crazy name, but you know, Futurama and Family Guy, there's no rules on these shows and it's getting even crazier. So why not make uh, Crapopolis? I'm a big fan of Futurama. I'm a big yeah, fan. Yeah, right. Um, but we like crazy. So uh, they've developed an, an NFT collection uh, and Crapopolis are like these cartoon chickens and you can actually own 
some of uh, the characters in the show. And then you actually get to influence the future of the show and you get to say, you know, I want this character to do this, or I want the next topic to be about this. And, and if there's enough weight uh, with the community and like the Dow governance of it, then that actually goes into the show. And then you actually shape the future of what you want to watch on TV uh, rather than flipping through the channels, looking to find something good. You've created the show yourself. So I think we're going to see that more as uh, the traditional media says, Hey, we need to find ways to involve the viewers more and, and let them have a say in the content that they, that, that they want to watch. Um, so there's different examples like that, that, you know, traditional companies that are starting to understand, Hey, we need to use this technology to bring more value to our customers, or we're going to lose them. Perfect. Kropopolis is, uh, is an amazing example. Definitely look into it. So, but yeah, I, I'm sure there are others like, you know, and they're fun and they're innovative. Uh, a lot of great people, creative and smart, and they are, you know, just really with good heart. They really want to change uh, the world to be a better place. And I think that's why we definitely have a future. Um, really, really excited uh, to hear from you. You know, thank you for your wisdom. Ashton. really interesting. And, um, you know, I, I wish you well with everything that you're doing to educate pe more people. I think that's what we need. You know, that's why um, we're happy to partner with you. So thanks everyone also for joining Games Hub today. Uh, and we'll see you at 4 p.m. UTC or 11 a.m. EST, as always, in two weeks and YouTube Live, Twitter Live, LinkedIn Live, all the different lives. And I hope you know, you know ask your questions if you haven't had a chance to just write in the comments. We'll share all the information from Ashton. I'm sure he'll be kind enough. He's very active on Twitter, LinkedIn. Where else people can find you? Tell me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Constantine, for having me on the show. Um, definitely, you know, look at our videos on YouTube, Crypto Coin Show. We come out with almost one new interview per weekday with, you know, innovative companies. Most uh, are great companies that have the potential to become future unicorns uh, that we're looking to showcase at the beginning. Uh, we also are putting the best of the best interviews uh, along with all the crypto news for the week and technical analysis in our Substack newsletter, which is cryptocoinshow.substack.com. So those are the two best places to find out more information about what we're working on. And I really do appreciate you having us on the show today. Thank you so much, Constantine. Stay tuned with Games Hub, a crypto talk show by GameSpad.